I'm Amy. Hey, I'm Erica. Sorry we missed you at happy hour this week. Oh yeah, you weren't there. Bummer. But no worries, we've got you covered. Yeah, we're rewinding this week's happy hour chat. The dish on pop culture. True crime. Hot topics in the news. And of course, podcasts. So, pour yourself a glass and... Cheers! You're listening to Happy Hour Rewind. Welcome back, everybody, and happy holidays from the ladies here at Happy Hour Rewind. I am Erica. With me, as always, every week is my co-host, Amy. Oh, me? You! Oh, hello. My name is Amy. Yeah, it's nice to see you again. Back on the ones and twos. Been a minute. Two weeks. Happens from time to time. A podcast just doesn't fit into your life. Yeah, last week was Thanksgiving, and it was like the night before I was heading out of town, and I was starting to rock a cold, and I was like, Amy... I don't think I'm going to sound good on a microphone. And I was like, that's cool, because I'm half drunk. <laughs> so let's just keep this party rolling. Well, I mean, Happy Hour Rewind doesn't happen without a drink in hand. It sure does not. Speaking of, you want to get right into let's it? Let's do it, You want to cheers? Hey, cheers. drink of the week. What are you having? I have Matua, a Savvy Bee, mm-hmm. which is perfect for this 40-degree weather. Yes. To have a nice cold white wine. You've chosen correctly. Or not. <laughs> I went the opposite way and maybe have something a little more apropos to the weather. I've really been into red blends lately. Oh my god, yes. I've definitely been drinking them on the show a lot and in real life as well. <laughs> um, I'm having Ava Grace red blend so tonight. Yeah, which we drank a lot of Ava Grace, Rosé, and Pinot over the summer because they were coming in those cute cans. Yeah. Like really good for you know, going out to the beach or whatever. I took a couple Ava Grace cans to the beach. Well, they have reds too and their red blend I'm trying out. I was telling you before, it's peppery. Like it's to the point of spicy. Oh. Which I had like pimento cheese with my dinner. So maybe if that's just a residual, but I'm pretty sure the wine also is spicy. Pimento, very southern of you. Well, this is Florida. It is Florida, for sure. Speaking of being colder, before we yes. move on to shots real quick, like you said, it was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So a quick rundown of how our holidays went. Yeah, so we, in Jarvisville, yes. spent families up in St. Augustine. We had 15 people at my parents' house. I had a fifth of that <laughs> at my Thanksgiving. We'll get there. Oh my God, it was like family, families, you know, significant others, significant others, kids, Significant others. I mean, the list went on and on, and we it's a six degrees situation. Oh my god, one hundred percent. And we served no turkey. Mm-hmm. We went full Mediterranean, and it was perfect. Yes, we had like chicken kebabs, beef kefta, tabbouleh, three kinds of hummus. It was awesome. That's so cool to go non-traditional. And didn't you get this idea from something you did over the summer and yeah. like have to sell your whole family? <laughs> I'm like, guys, I, let's go Mediterranean at Thanksgiving. Who likes turkey anyway? I thought I was going to have to sell our family for Father's Day. We did a whole That's big Mediterranean like situation. Mm-hmm. And halfway through the meal. A smorgasbord? Was, kind of, yeah. <laughs> and halfway through the meal, I was like, what if we didn't have turkey for Thanksgiving? And everybody was like, yeah, okay. It was the easiest sell. I thought it was going to have to be a harder sell. And it's, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of you because I know that while you love family and togetherness. I do. You are not a fan of Thanksgiving traditional food. I am not. Not into the stuffing. I not don't. Not into the gravy. Love it. Don't eat pumpkin pie. Ugh, pie is disgusting. I love all of those things, yes. by the way. But I'm in have... my own boat. There's like nobody in the boat with me. <laughs> 
I know that. You know, I've been invited to Jarvisville for several Thanksgivings. Yeah. And look, shit, your dad can make a fucking turkey. Yeah. I love Thanksgiving food and I have loved having it at your place. But I also love, and this is what I know about you, is that like you can really come up with an idea <laughs> and just like market the hell yes. out of it. And, you know, make everyone thinking that, make everyone think like, isn't this great for everybody? But really, it's, it's just completely self for me. Just self-serving. It was perfect. <laughs> All of the leftovers I loved. Yeah. I ate leftovers. I never eat leftovers at right. Thanksgiving. I was like, we'll be full, but we won't be stuffed. We're not going to want to pass out right away. We're going to save so much money. Because all you have to do is buy parsley and chickpeas and call it a day. So I mean. You came up with a list like, of pros and cons, and there was nothing on the cons oh God, list. Nothing on the cons list. I was like, somebody might not like it. And even my grandparents were like, yeah, we've been eating turkey for like 85 years. I'm like, cool. Let's You're it over up. it? Perfect. But I don't think I was the only one that went non-traditional this year. That's true. I also had a non-traditional Thanksgiving in so many ways. This is yeah. the first, well, not the first Thanksgiving that I've spent with my family in Florida. But um, as you guys have heard, my mom is a permanent Floridian mm-hmm. now. Um, my sister, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it from where she lives in L.A. to come spend Thanksgiving together. So um, mom and I, and I brought uh, my dude mm-hmm. with me and his dog we just did this kind of like I don't know um loners day but together sure you know like uh the the guy um was away from his family for Thanksgiving you know mom and I are together but you know it's, it's just so different our family this year yes. in general um so we met up early in the morning on Thanksgiving and did a round of golf, mm-hmm. which thankfully we did have a gorgeous Night, fall yeah. day in here in Florida then. So like golf was perfection. Mm-hmm. Then my mom has gotten into making homemade pasta. We are Italian zero bits. Correct. Zero percent are Correct. we, uh, do we have any Italian blood in us? But mom, to pass the time in retirement, has taught herself to make delicious homemade pasta. Yum. And so she did a Tuscan chicken, you know, creamy tomato sauce with her homemade fettuccine, just like big dish. And then she did a pumpkin cheesecake. Mm. And so after golf, we came in, we did a little charcuterie before, then had a drink and had, you know, just this big old plate of pasta. And then it was, you know, a big plate of pasta can put you out the same way a turkey, the tryptophan and turkey can. So then we pulled a straight up Thanksgiving after that where we watched football and fell asleep on the couch with beer in our hands. Perfect. Yeah. So it was it was a delightful Thanksgiving. And yeah. the fun part, too, is my mom has a cat and a dog, and the guy brought his dog. So it was like, you know, we had a little petting zoo. Sure. We had drunk humans. Yeah, we yeah. had a great time. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're eating. It matters that you're with the people that you love and want to be around the most. And so, like, it's okay that we didn't eat turkey and not know what to do with it afterwards. And, yeah, we had baklava for dessert <sighs> instead yeah. of having pie. Though somebody did make a pie just – to make sure that that was an option. <laughs> but it was like Italian wedding cookies. And, I mean, nice. it was like we went full Mediterranean. I made Aperol spritzes. Nobody wanted to drink them with me, so I had them by myself. I'm sorry you didn't have your Bloody Mary maker with you this year. Honestly, my father was a little bummed that we weren't going to do Bloody Marys. We didn't even have a single thing of like zing zang or whatever it is around Not the house. one BM to be Not had. one Bloody Mary Not to be had. Not one BM. None. <laughs> we survived. We drank like seven bottles of wine. Yeah, it sounds like on, you managed. Oh, the night before, on Wednesday, me and my mom, my dad, 
my aunt crushed seven bottles of wine. So then, like, on Thanksgiving, I was like, two drinks is fine. Like, I'm not mad. Raged hard. I'm actually impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, speaking of things that you're not mad at, Amy, yes. anything this week that you would say is, like, your shot of the week? Yeah. Actually, I've been doing a thing, and it has super changed how my day goes. And I have – it's a thing that I have resisted for years. Yeah? But it's fantastic. And that is no screens in the bedroom mm. at night when I'm going to sleep. So, I mean, I lived for well over a decade now under the honest-to-God belief that I could not fall asleep without my television on mm-hmm. at night. So, and and it's funny because I never had a television in my room as a kid yeah. growing up. So it's like when I went to college and like, I'm a, an adult now and I can do what I want. Sure. Also, I had a dorm room. So yeah. there was a TV in the dorm room. So by... You know, default. <laughs> default. I had a TV in my bedroom, right? So since college, I have been falling asleep with a TV on and setting in a sleep timer and almost getting anxiety too. Like if I'm having a little bit of trouble going to sleep, I keep rolling over and extending the sleep timer because I have this serious belief that I can't go to sleep in full darkness. Uh-huh. Um, but a f- couple weeks ago, we had a like internet outage. Blip, yeah. Yeah, blip in our apartment. And now we've gotten rid of cable for yeah. months now. So we're a streaming only yeah. house. And without internet, there's just like nothing. There's nothing. So I remember you and I were texting from each other from our bedroom. <laughs> like, what the fuck do we do? And you were like, I have a movie downloaded on my Kindle. I'm going to make it through. And I was like, I'm going for it. I put down the phone. I turned off the light and I just stared into the dark. But you know what I did? I fell asleep. I fell asleep. And I woke up feeling more refreshed. Than I had in years the next day. Yeah. So the next night, I didn't turn the TV on. And I also have, like, put the – make sure, like, the the ringer is off on the phone. Uh And then I put it upside down so even if it lights up, you you know, it won't distract me. Right. So I did that for about a week. And I was, like – I was telling you, man, my sleep has never been better. Well, then, I don't know. I was – one night, I think I was going to bed and watching something and – just couldn't turn it off because it was good and uh-huh. I fell asleep to that and then I got back in the pattern of sleeping with the TV oh, on again. Yeah. And then just this week I was sitting down, I was you know, laying down, I got into bed, I fired up Disney Plus and I started scrolling through and I went, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I mm-hmm. know that I'm going to get less good sleep. So I just turned it off and for the last two nights, best sleep ever great and look i know doctors have been telling us for years and sleep experts have been telling us turn off your shit it's waking up your brain it's disturbing everything you're getting way less sleep and i was like they know nothing (laughs) and so i've been ignoring that for all these years but like now i'm such a true believer and i can totally get out of bed so much easier I said totally weird. Sorry about that. I get out of bed so much easier and I can get to work and actually start work. It's just, it's a huge difference. Good. So my shot is um, sleep experts know what they're talking about. They totally do. Go to sleep in the fucking dark. Now question, do you sit up and watch TV and then when you're sleepy, you turn it off? Or do you go into your room and immediately just go to bed? Depends on how late I go to bed. Yeah. Like sometimes I specifically go into my room early because like my 90 day was on. And I'm like, hey E, been fun talking. Yeah. Gotta do that. But yeah, so I'll watch as much as I can because um, I usually don't finish the episode. They're two hours long. But then oh try God. to turn it off and go to sleep yeah. rather than like fall asleep to it or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. But well, good. But for the past couple of nights, like I've been going to bed a little bit later than I should. Uh-huh. So instead of watching anything to wind down, it's just lights off. Nice. Yes. Very good. 
What's your shot? Well, I started doing something, too, that I'm hopeful will help change my life as well. Okay. I do turn the TV off when I get sleepy, so I already kind of do that a little bit, the TV mm-hmm. thing, but I've fallen asleep to it before. And then, like, wake up at four and you're like, fuck, turn <laughs> off. Um, I went, like collegiate old school this uh-huh. week and I bought a dry erase board for my bedroom because <laughs> I'll make plans. Can I walk by your room and write like, Amy was here, missed you, he text me <laughs> like we did when we were in college. Sure. And you wrote on the... For sure. <laughs> um, I'll often have plans after work like a Pilates class or a happy hour or like a doctor's appointment and it's all in my phone. Like, you have a life. I have a life. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm rushing out the door in the morning, I'll forget what that plan is and And so yesterday I had a Pilates class scheduled went flying out of the house the night before I'd packed my Pilates bag even put it near the door but still ran out of the apartment (sighs) got to work was getting my stuff out of my car and I was like you left your shit at home fuck so you're excited about that fucking class yeah I was and so I was like okay I have to change something so now I've got a dry erase board and it's got like Saturday through Sunday, and then also has like um, morning, afternoon, and night. So it's got like three blocks for each day. So yeah. I can put like Tuesdays and Thursdays, like seven thirty trainer. Wednesday night a Pilates class. Tuesday happy hour rewind. But now I can look at that before I'm leaving my bedroom and see what my day is. Yeah. So the goal is at night, grab my phone, add in like what's going on the next day, or even on like Sunday, like fill out the whole week and add as I go along. But then like. Even just looking at it in my bedroom, it's been 24 hours. It makes me so happy that I'm like, can see my day in a snapshot. Now, this is why, do you remember growing up, every single one of us had a mother that had a calendar on next to the mm-hmm. phone in the kitchen yes. with all of our shit written on it yeah. for the month at, you know, so-and-so's birthday, anniversaries. Uh-huh. It was the same thing. So they remembered to get cards. So they yes. remembered to pack your practice shit in the car the yeah. night before. And, you know, now it's – here we are again as adults being like, oh, I see why my mom did that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, this is helpful. <laughs> it's very practical. Well, I also lost my work phone <laughs> for a week-ish in the last month and did not know what my next day entailed when I'd be going to bed. And so I'm like, oh, hope I don't have a 9 a.m. Or, or like, hope I don't have to be somewhere crazy early. And now I can add that all in. If I have a 9 a.m., I can put that on that board. And I can see it when I'm getting ready. And be like, don't take your time. Fucking get to work and get ready. Like, go. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how that also changes. My habits. Look at us being like. Adulting. Yeah, adulting. At the ripe age of 27. (laughs) That's right. It's about time, isn't it? (laughs) If you believe we're 27, um, we have a lot to tell you. Well. (laughs) Speaking of like being in your 20s and um, learning some hard lessons and thinking about it later on, do you want to get into our stuff this week? I do. We have a lot to gossip about. We have so much goss lined up. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about what we're going to happy hour rewind. Yes. Let's start with a topic that, I mean, if we call this show happy hour rewind, this family, this show, this concept is a rewind of our entire friendship. Yeah. And we have mentioned this. We were such massive John and Kate plus eight on TLC fans. Yes. Separately, and it's one of the reasons we came together as best friends. To go to the bar and discuss the Gosselin. (laughs) Speaking of goss. Speaking of gossip. This is our OG goss. So like what? Mid-aughts, John and Kate had this show with their twins and their sextuplets. We loved it. 
And then America watched as John and Kate's marriage fell apart. Ooh, it ended in divorce. The show has come back in several iterations, like Kate plus eight, and Kate goes on a date, Hard and pass. just and you know the entire country turned on Kate Gosselin as we should, but we also turned on John Gosselin because he looked like after his divorce to be such a party fuck boy. Oh my god, like, you're yeah. a father of eight, sir. <laughs> yes. Um, but you watched something interesting this week that mm-hmm. I have not seen, but you delighted me with at a happy hour combo right here in our very own home. And I have so much to say about it. So you tell you tell us all what you saw. So, guys, the gag order is up on John Gosselin. Yes. He I didn't know there was a gag order. Same. After the divorce. What was say, it? Ten years? The gag order was ten-ish years. Okay. Um, so... He came out on Dr. Oz in this past, like, right before Thanksgiving. Yes. He did, like, a whole episode, like... Should we air quote doctor? No, the way he's you, a true MD. Yes, yeah, so is Phil, but you make a PhD, me, Amy. But you make me call him Mr. Phil. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke from Happy, Happy Endings. Endings. Yeah, I know, I know. Mr. Okay. Phil, it's a PhD. I Everybody, come on. I think it's air quotes around <laughs> Dr. Oz. So, uh, Mehmet had on <laughs> John and really let him just, like, have the floor. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what it was like. That how did you even get the show? Because it originally started out as a documentary on TLC. Mm-hmm. You know this crazy like this family in like you know outside of Lancaster and Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've got grandparents in Lancaster, so to me, everyone should know Amish country. <laughs> but um, yeah, they live in like Reading, Pennsylvania, and you know they just kind of became tabloid fodder. Like, oh my god, this family already has twins, and now they've got sex tuplets. Like crazy. So he talks you through how. Kate really gunned for a documentary mm-hmm. and then really worked her way with TLC and was like, John, we're going to do a show. And he's like, I don't think we should. So you hear him talk so openly about how he was adamant against doing anything. He just wanted to have a normal family. And he already didn't because she, in their early, speaking of 20s earlier, in their early 20s, she was already telling him, we need to do IVF. Yeah. We can't have babies. And he's like, I don't know. Have we really tried long enough? Yeah. So they did IVF for their set of twins. And then she immediately, when they were still babies, was dogging him to do IVF again. And he was like, I don't know if we really need, first of all, more children. We got two, right? Average American family. Uh But then she just badgered him from what you can tell. Yeah. And made them put, what, seven embryos in her? Because originally she was pregnant with septuplets. And they lost one early on, thankfully. But um, so at like 24, I think, she had sextuplets via Mm -hmm. IVF. Yeah. So John goes on to talk about all of this dish about the show. Mm -hmm. How, you know, TLC owned them. And things like that we wouldn't realize that TLC would tell them, like, hey, you use Pampers on the kids now. And he'd be like, oh, no, we're a Huggies family. And how Kate would be like, TL said we use Pampers. We use Pampers. And he's like, a network will not tell me how I should, like, father and parent my children. Mm -hmm. I want Huggies on the kids. And these fights would start to break out. And he said that's when he started to realize this was not about Kate being a mother to this family. It was about Kate becoming a celebrity and how everything just started to disintegrate from there and how when he walked – when he and Kate divorced, it was, in an essence, ending the show. Right. And their show alone was bringing in over $186 million a quarter for TLC. Damn. And TLC came to John and said, we're going to send you through a psych eval. Are you sure you want to divorce Kate? And he was like, yes. And they're like, well, 
anybody who would walk away from this kind of money must be crazy. Right, because it was like 80, 186 million. They're taking home, I think, like job. 20 or so. Something like that, as I well remember, as sponsorships and yeah. books. They put out so much stuff. Like the money was rolling in left and right. And he got to the point where he's like, We are exploiting our children. Kate and I can't get along. She's a narcissist. Like we are not meant to be. Oh, and yeah. so he dives into all of that and then, you know, really goes into the heartbreaking aspect, aspect of it all is that when they did get divorced, he went three years without seeing any of his children. That and during that time, heart. she put Colin in some kind of institution and just said, Colin has to go away. He's got behavioral issues, which John is finding out in tabloids. Mm-hmm. And you hear all of this craziness to the point where he's trying to just continue to live his life. He's still working in like a director of IT in like a healthcare facility. He's trying, said, you know, all the stupid stuff you saw him doing, DJing and stripping and like all of this stuff was because he spent $2 million of his own money to divorce Kate. And TLC paid all of Kate's legal fees. Which is why she got full custody of the kids mm-hmm. because with TLC behind yeah. her. And he went for No matter broke. how much he spent, he wasn't going to match them. Yeah. So he says he's on like vacation one day and his lawyer calls him and said, you're not going to believe this. Colin's roommate in this like psych ward he's living in smuggled out a note to his parents saying, dad, please come save me. Mom's been abusing us. Please come help me. Damn. So he, like, you know, flies to Pittsburgh. He had no idea Colin was even in Pittsburgh. Which is so close to him. Just so close to him. All of this craziness. At the end of this episode, you just really realize John only cares about being good parent to Colin. And now he also has Hannah, one of the other sex tuplets, and how Colin was, like, overweight and just depressed all of the time. And Hannah wasn't doing well. They're now, like, A-plus students, honor roll, friends, sports. Like, they're thriving. And Dr. Oz says to him, well, what are you doing differently than Kate? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I'm, I love my kids. Ooh. I'm showing them love and compassion and they're thriving. And it was just like, I can't believe this didn't get more news because Team John Goslin, yeah. Kate's a monster. But he's already been dragged through the mud so much. I mean, that whole episode when he was friends with Michael Lohan mm-hmm. and, you know, like they were dating each other's girlfriends for a minute. I mean, the Ed Hardy of it all. Yeah, he the Ed Hardy of it all. He really became such a laughing stock. And then mm-hmm. there was a time, I think he was busing at Pizza Hut yeah. or something similar. And he just became such a laughing stock. And, you know, Kate looked like the winner even though she was the bitch. But now... You know, as such an avid fan of that show, but now looking back and realizing they were human babies. And first of all, you and I both said, I didn't even watch the thing, but when you told me, I believe every single word that came out Mm -hmm. of John Gosselin's mouth on Dr. Oz. Because I remember watching that show. He was an earnest guy. Did he have a short temper? Yeah. Yeah. So do I. He definitely seemed like he knew this wasn't the best situation for his family but that Kate had him by the balls and the money did feel great and they did have eight mouths to feed besides their own so the money wasn't you don't kick to kick a or look a gift horse in the mouth isn't that the phrase you do not so but now looking back on all of it and just I mean hours of entertainment I got out of that show and now I feel so ick about it same and then the irony is that like this is Honestly, a topic you and I would go to the bar and be like, okay, what did you think about this week's episode of Johnny mm-hmm. Cable? Say, oh my God, they went to Disney this week. Did you see the kids like loving their time in the parks? And like, we would just dissect the show and just 
love on the kids. And we would dissect the relationships between the eight children uh-huh. and, you know, between the twins and then the sex tuplets. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it was a TLC look. They can really find those niche shows that yeah. just grab. But now, you know, you put in perspective of, you know, what's happened to the children. And because I think you told me as well that while John is now the primary custodian of two of the sextuplets, yeah. he doesn't speak to his other six children. Nope. And that is heartbreaking. Yeah. The twins just turned 18, so they will have a choice now, but they have been so I don't want to say brainwashed. Yeah, I was like about to say brainwashed. Like just everything by their mother. By their mother. Though, do we know that? We've never spent a day at mm-hmm. home in their house. No. But. It sounds like all of the kids were scared. Mm-hmm. And Colin was out. And then Hannah was like, you're safe? Can I come with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it looks like dad's like a safe place. So I haven't seen any backlash from her. Yeah. Because Dr. Oz kept saying, like, we reached out to TLC. We reached out to Kate's people. We have not heard anything as of this taping. I'm sure Kate is fuming. I'm sure if you looked outside your door, you could see the flames in the distance from Kate. Haircut. Just fuming. Yeah, she'll have some retaliation. I'm interested to see what show she'll go on. Yeah. You know, if she goes on maybe The View or Mm -hmm. something like um, very women-centric to try to – she'll pull out the crying routine and try to get some Mm -hmm. sympathy. I've seen her cry on TV. So many crocodile tears. Oh, my God. But in all honesty, like, they're still – I I really hope the best for their kids. And more than anything, I do hope that – for the father and for the children that somehow they're able to mend that relationship yeah. and, and be a true family. I Especially agree. against the holidays. I know. But it was mm. – it's an easy watch. It's on YouTube. It's in a couple segments. You can go check it out for yourselves. But from that OG reality family TV to mm. another, Amy, yeah, so many families have popped up from Bachelor Nation. Oh, true. Whether from The Bachelorette or oddly Bachelor in Paradise – which is crazy to think people are getting married and having children from that show. Larger success rate of marriage and actual families on Bachelor in Paradise than The Bachelorette or The Bachelor. Crazy. Bachelor has the worst running um, stats. Well, one of those couples from BIP, Mm -hmm. you were telling me about Carly Waddell, who married Evan Bass. Bass, yeah. From their season of BIP. You've got a bone to pick with her. So I do. So, you know, Carly was on originally, she was a contestant on The Bachelor on Prince Farming's season. Yes. Chris Souls. Right. And you and I both watched that season. And Carly was just this such breath of fresh air. Oh my God. Breath of fresh. Well, she was a really pretty girl. She wasn't one of these like uber sexy throwing her titties out yeah. at him all the time she was funny as shit so funny. she seemed like she had a real life her her career back then was that she was a cruise ship singer mm-hmm. so you know not like stable by any means but <laughs> she just definitely had a performer's energy to yes. her and you and i immediately liked her so, so much. much so she didn't win the bachelor that year win again air quotes yeah <laughs> but she did go on to bachelor in paradise that summer she had a boyfriend for a while they broke up before the finale she went on the next season of bachelor in paradise met her now husband evan and a couple years ago they had their first daughter bella and just recently they had their second baby who's a boy and i don't remember his name right now 
But Carly, in true Bachelor Nation tradition, has also become an Instagram influencer. Totally. So she and she and Jade Roper from again BIP have like a podcast together. Carly's constantly pushing third love, oh, fab yeah. fit fun. You know, Ava bracelet. Ava bracelets. Whatever company is going to pay her to take a picture with their shit and yeah. tag them in it on Instagram. Fab fit fun. This is how she's making a living basically for her family yeah. right now. Hope she's still singing here and there because she <laughs> needs a fallback plan. They all do. So anyway, you know, because I'm a Bachelor Nation... Apologist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sad sack that I just can't get out of that rat race. I still follow Carly on Instagram. So the other day, I was scrolling through Instagram, and this picture came up of her, and it stopped me. It's a picture of her naked, except for a pair of, like, men's tidy whiteies. Uh And two... um, leaves of lettuce that she's holding over her breasts. Uh Uh-huh. She's also, she's a beautiful blonde, so she's also got her hair blown out beautifully, her makeup natural but definitely done, and she's kind of giving this, like, look to Mm -hmm. the camera. And I'm like, did you just have a baby? So I stopped, and there was a whole long written post under the picture. You have to click the see more little thing. So I read the whole companion, um quote that went with this picture because first of all it it, like I said she's naked in this picture with lettuce over her boobies and you know some some tidy whities on and I'm thinking like she's doing some sort of sexy mommy vegan thing sure like what the hell is she doing well it goes on in the in the caption to say basically she was promoting the fact that with her first daughter, Bella, she realized that her daughter wasn't taking her breast milk well. And through finding soy formula for her daughter, her daughter became much happier. But it took them far too long because of the stigma of breast is best. Mm-hmm. And you should, you know, breastfeeding is always best for a mom and baby and the bonding and the health of the baby, you know. And with her second baby, having been born a week ago, that's the first thing she puts in this. Like, look, her body looks sick she looks itty bitty and she says my second baby was born a week ago again the one with lettuce cups and undies in this picture and she said and you know I tried my breast again but after two days he can't sleep he's crying he's losing birth weight so gave him soy formula now he's giggling already he's gaining weight the color is better in him you know we need to stop the stigma against you know women who don't breastfeed so, okay, I get your point. But I was like, Erica, I have a problem with this, and here's why. Yeah. Is she really trying to make this, you know, very valid point about breastfeeding is really more about what's best for baby than for anything else? Or is she trying to show off her sick-ass naked body one week after giving birth? Yeah. Because, again, it's not her laying with, like, her hair in a side pony and, you know, baby spit up smeared across a yeah. nappy over her, or not a nappy, you know, a spit cloth sure. over her shoulder. It's a very glamorous photo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just I just don't feel like the messages go together. And it nope. almost feels like, look how sexy I am for my Instagram life more so than I'm saying or something really serious about yes. being a mother. And I think then you pointed out something to me. You stopped. And you read her caption. I sure did. And the whole concept of Instagram is to slow the scroll. Mm-hmm. 
you need to do a photo that stops you and makes you go, well, what are you talking about? And ideally with Instagram, you'll notice a lot of people that stop you. Their photo and their captions have nothing to do with one another. Yeah. And it's confusing, but it's marketing. Yeah. And that's what she's doing. And as like I said to you, we have no idea that that photo really is one week postpartum. That was a good – that's something you, that you brought up to me and I was like, oh, shit. She could have been planning this yeah. when she was like eight weeks pregnant. For sure. You know, she's she didn't little. even she didn't even have stretch marks around yeah. her middle. And for being as thin as she is, I know when she was pregnant, her skin must have had mm-hmm. to have stretched. So again, I was wondering, like, are you trying to really show me that you're one week postpartum? Yeah. Did you edit out your stretch marks? Or again, I because I think it's a damaging thing for you know women post post yes. baby. Agreed. There's so much pressure about what our bodies look like, and to see her so so small yeah if that's just her genetics then fine but I I really had a problem with like how great her body looked and and the the message that it sends to other moms who like I said have spit up all over them and haven't taken a shower in the first week well I think that you have to compartmentalize influencers Mm -hmm. Carly isn't somebody you go to for like hashtag like Real life. But that's what she was trying to convey. She was trying convey. to convey. The breast is best versus just feed your fucking kid. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But like she's also, every time you scroll, is another ad for something. Right. Or Bachelor Nation this. Or here's a recap. Or here's my podcast. She's not selling but true. What was interesting is in this post, she didn't tag any soy formula specifically. Yeah. It she was s- trying to give a message across. Yeah. It didn't seem yeah. like this was, she was selling a product. Like I said, I just thought that it was more about her looking sexy and that yeah. bothered me. And I will say before we move on that Eric and I are not mothers and this no. is not about any sort of mommy shaming. Like as a mother, she shouldn't do this or that. No. Oh, and listen, I was soy fed. So like feed your kid. Yeah. So when moms are always like breast is best, it makes your kid smart. I'm like, I don't know. I was in the gifted program and I ate soy as a kid. So like <laughs> I don't think that that's true. It's definitely not. But I'm more no. talking about like manipulation and of fakery on great. Instagram. And that's where I think that Instagram is bad because if you are trying to sell this stuff and I was just seeing on Instagram, Allison Tolker, she used to be on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. She's married to Twitch. Yeah, yeah. They just had another baby. Mm-hmm. And she, for sure on, like, in photos, is like, oh, here's my stomach. Like, and she looks like she's eight weeks pregnant. But she sure. had the baby already. Yes, so, like, because that's what you actually look like. All of that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, I'm not looking at these Bachelor Nation kids for real life advice. But I know when they want to try to do it, all they know is how to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's all she knows how to do. She doesn't know how to truly be relatable without, like, adding a FabFitFun box to it. Or now I bet you some – Soy Formula Company's gonna reach out to her. 100%. All they have is themselves as a brand. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of a rock and a hard place. And people keep liking them, commenting, sure. buying their stuff, and using their code. They're being told, like, keep doing this. Well, and this becomes their livelihood. Very yeah. few of them have their careers anymore. And the ones that do are like super anomalies, like how. Jade Roper's husband Tanner still actually just sells cars yeah. like he did before he was on the show, but he has also been able to buy a giant mansion with uh-huh. his bachelor influencer money. But he was smart enough to like, but I'm also going to keep selling cars because one Hell day yeah. this will stop. Absolutely. Yeah. I always wonder what the hell is going to happen to them. And I think we did that all on a show once before talking about Bachelor Nation. Like, yeah. what will Ashley I do when the money dries up? It's Can't he- still write Cosmo recaps when you're 55. <laughs> 
Well, we we have talked about that with so many shows, like the Jersey Shores and yeah. the Teen Moms and on and on and on, the mm-hmm. ones that become famous for being them and you know one day it's gonna run out and so they all start some clothing line or yeah. a skincare line and guess what that shit's never goes anywhere i never yeah. see that at target so it's or, no. or even at ulta so that you know anyway influencer is um it's a, a sh- tough salad we just need to see where it goes I think it's eventually. a shorter career than ballerina to be honest with you yeah <laughs> i would agree all right shall we move on do you want to take a left turn here guys the leftiest of lefts. So it's going to feel very throwback, this conversation. Well, I think it will, but this is, we're going true crime. Yay. It's been a minute since we've been in my wheelhouse. Yes. But we're still on the gossip train, you guys. Yeah. We're just taking it to, you know, the train is turning <laughs> to dark. We're going through film. a tunnel. Like, through a tunnel, <laughs> exactly. So there is a podcast that you and I, I got you into, and I think you're more obsessed, obsessed. with it. Than I am the podcast True Crime Obsessed. Oh, it's perfect because they're not necessarily recapping murders. No. They're recapping true crime documentaries. Right. We've talked about them before. So many times. And they're great because it's, you know, they're funny as hell. Oh, they're fucking hilarious. They're so funny. And they have a Patreon, Lady Pates, as they call her. And this is where they do completely, like, long bonus form, content bonus content on the Patreon but like long form serial documentaries serial documentaries like you know when it's got like an eight parter to it right so recently a six part documentary came out on the death of Lacey Peterson yes if you guys remember 2005 <laughs> you may remember a man named Scott Peterson from Modesto California who is accused and ultimately convicted of the murder of his wife, Lacey, and their unborn son, Connor. Mm -hmm. And he's currently serving a life sentence in California for these murders. So True Crime Obsessed covered this six-part documentary that was on Oxygen or ID. So what's funny is Eric and I have not seen the actual documentary. No, that's the part. It's It's like you don't need to with True Crime Obsessed. You get it from them. But I also did follow that case live back then. And I've seen documentaries since because I'm a murderino. Yeah. And I just watched these Also, it was massive. It was. I mean, it took over. It was was Casey Anthony big. Uh, Yeah. So... This documentary, though, I would like to see because I've seen things since kind of questioning the other side of, like, did Scott actually do this? Yes. Because when it was happening in real life, the media circus around it and all of the attention it was getting, never once in that time did I not think Scott did it. Correct. It was just so a foregone conclusion by Everybody, the media, even the police, obviously. Yes. Scott did it. All we got to do is take him to trial and get this guy convicted. Correct. Which is what happened. But this documentary um, that True Crime Obsessed covers goes through everything bit by bit and they uncover the things that you didn't know because the judge ruled that there were no cameras in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So we, as the public, didn't see so much of actually the trial. No. We heard about it from Nancy Grace. Yep. And, like, these... People who would be in the courtroom. Right. What? I mean, some woman said that she, like, still saved her ticket stubs from being in the courtroom. Because you could, like, go down the courthouse, like a lotto, mm-hmm. and get a ticket to go in. And she saved these stubs as if it was her first time seeing the Beatles. Right. It was well, sick. And this same woman, I believe her name was Maureen, 
she's the head of this society that I forget what they're called, but it's basically the Scott Peterson is innocent organization. And she and some other women that were involved in this are women and men maybe even are out here like trying to question seriously and and prove to the public that maybe Scott didn't. And I want to say that this woman isn't in love with Scott Peterson. No, none of them are. There probably are plenty of women who are and that are writing him in prison and stuff like that. But this is not the case with Maureen and her organization. And Erica, after we listened to the six parts of True Crime Obsessed on Patreon, do you think Scott did it? I don't believe that there's enough evidence to prove he did it. And therefore, there's a reasonable doubt and he should have he gotten should off. not have been convicted. I believe the same thing. I'm not sure that he didn't not D- yes. do it. But nobody but proved that he did. I don't believe that the jury was con- told beyond a reasonable doubt yeah. by the prosecution that he did. So you guys, there's so many things that are like, well, Wait. We as a public, we didn't know that. Like, first of all, all of these eyewitnesses that said that they saw Lacey walking the dog on the December 24th, which is the day she... She went missing. She went missing. And um, it was reported she was walking her dog that morning. Right. And there were so many eyewitness accounts, but her hearsay, and really kind of hard to bring into a court case. You find out so much. You do. So, like, for instance... The, so the story, so Scott Peterson being convicted is based on the pretense that supposedly he killed Lacey in the home on the morning of the 24th, then took her body onto into his truck and then onto his boat in a nearby lake where he dumped the body mm-hmm. and then went home and continued with Christmas Eve like nothing ever happened. Yes. Now, of course, there's a side circus here because Scott did have a mistress. Yes. So nobody's arguing that Scott's a good guy. No, Scott, Scott's a terrible person. Scott's a terrible person. But I'm not sure he's a murderer. He cheated on his wife. Not sure he killed yes. his wife. There's just this other stuff, too, about, like, there was a lot of juror, like, taint tampering. tampering. You know, like, several jurors were dismissed along the way. And the jurors afterward have talked about, like, I didn't think he was guilty, but I was done arguing. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of jurors that were just hang him high. The whole way through. There was one juror who, first of all, they weren't sequestered, which is a really and that trial went terrible on for thing because some of them went home and Googled yeah, and what's they would going say on so. and then like contaminated themselves mm-hmm. with the case. And the media really did paint Scott in a bad light. Like having Amber Fry as a mistress and knowing that he called her while at a memorial for his wife. It's not good, man. Was really terrible. It's not good. But then again, his alibis were credible. Like, he had the stub of the marina he went to that morning when he was going fishing. Well, maybe you wouldn't get the stub at the marina if that's where you went and dropped your wife off. Like, you wouldn't want proof. Proof that you were there. You know, he explains to them, like, oh, you know, in the morning we were watching Martha Stewart. Well, what was Martha Stewart making? And he was like, oh, I think, you know, like, cookies. cookies like, you know, lemon ring cookies. And they were like, uh, Okay. Go back to Christmas Eve, that episode, Martha was teaching you how to make a lemon ring cookie. And they're like, why would you know all this stuff? And fun facts that we don't get to know about is that like a computer forensic guy went into the computer and saw that somebody in the house, the home computer, someone was Googling sunflowers, 
Lacey loved sunflowers mm-hmm. and women's clothing and a couple other things on the computer. At the same time, Scott said he was at the marina. So she wasn't dead. So she wasn't dead. And Scott wouldn't have been searching those things. I mean, unless he was trying to clone her, but we know he was not that smart because he didn't know anything about forensic computer no. science. And as they said, if he was doing that, playing on the computer and being like, oh, I'll mess with the Google searches mm-hmm. so they can come back and search later, he would have said, oh, hey, guys, why don't you check the computer? I know something's on the computer. He they were like, oh, that. she was searching stuff on the computer. He's like, yeah, when I left, she was on the computer. <laughs> the most compelling thing to me was that a medical examiner, and this is going to get sad for a second. Yeah, it's a little depressing. The, their baby, Connor, was she was still pregnant when she went missing, but when um, the – when she was found in the lake, the the fetus was found as well. San Francisco Bay. I'm sorry, San Francisco Bay. You're right. Um, that the, the medical examiner that looked at the baby's body concluded he did not die until somewhere around the 29th. Certainly not on the 24th. Yeah. The the baby's birth and the you know condition of the body indicated that the baby was alive on the 29th. There And by the 29th, Scott Peterson was already in the news with his yeah. missing wife and was already telling everybody that he was fishing in San Francisco Bay on the morning of the 24th. So whomever had Lacey alive or dead, wouldn't it be the smartest thing to go dump her body in San Francisco Bay where Scott was yeah. if you're going to frame her husband for her murder? murder? And for me, I thought a really interesting part was you find out on the morning that Lacey went missing, a house across the street was being robbed. And that right, I forgot this part. This is what Nancy Grace says back in the, her early days. And by the way, you are introduced to a different Nancy Grace, as they say on this um, podcast. This is the sh- trial that broke Nancy. She would calmly talk on news, yes. and then by the end of the trial, she's doing that screaming, "Todd, I'ma tell you!" Just you, off. It's a secondary arc to the entire story. Is the progression of and the involvement? Craziness. Well, and, and the involvement. And the impact she had in the public persona of Scott Peterson, yes. the Nancy Grace of it all, is yeah. another fascinating aspect to all of this that True Crime Obsessed really puts into great perspective. Absolutely. But what Nancy says is, when it comes to crime, there are no coincidences. It is not a coincidence that there was a robbery across the street mm-hmm. and Lacey was kidnapped, murdered, whatever, on the same day. Mm-hmm. Everybody said... Lacey was very much the kind of person that would walk over and be like, do not rob this house and, like, come for somebody. (laughs) And so they said, like, it could have been one of those situations. We'll never know. But all of these things wrapped up were never really brought to light. And this documentary tells you so much that really makes you question so many things about this trial. Yes, Scott Peterson is scum. He was cheating on his pregnant wife, telling his girlfriend that his wife had died a year and a half ago. Terrible. Now, here's what you will really start to put together in 2019. There is no way on God's green earth that this wasn't the, like, tipping off point for Jillian Flynn to write Gone Girl. Thank you. This is so so the plot line. A woman who goes missing. The husband, at the same time, is having an affair that he's that trying comes to keep to up. light. He's weird in the public eye. Comes he's out that the wife was when pregnant. He shouldn't. The wife was pregnant. You guys, it, it, it gives you chills when you start to realize. Like, I think these might be like this is the catalyst for Gone Girl, right? So, first of all, if you know anything about the Scott Peterson case or involved, and you haven't read Gone Girl, 
push pause. Yeah. <laughs> Go to your Kindle. Download Gone Girl. 100%. If you have read Gone Girl and or seen the movie and you don't know this case, listen to this podcast yeah. series because it will freak you the fuck out. And now this is, like we said, on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. So it's five ninety nine a month to be able to mm-hmm. unlock but um, totally worth the $6. Or go to ID on demand and, and just, just watch, watch the documentary. Yes, for, for sure. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. We have a- Guys, there's one last thing we want to lighten the mood with, maybe. And maybe make you question some more things about your life. But also talk some serious shit. shit. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Let's go. There's this Ellen interview that's been circling now, the interwebs. Ellen of whom now? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen of the DeGeneres. Ellen the yes I'm gay Ellen. And be Ellen, kind to one another. Be kind to another. Uh, the Finding Dory Ellen. Yes. This, this well-loved. Uh, Beloved. The host of the Oscars that broke Instagram with her selfie when oh, she yes. ordered pizza for the audience. You mean the well-loved and respected comedian Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres? What? Wife of Portia de Rossi is probably a monster. Is she an asshole? Yeah. Oh my God. We kind of think Ellen's an asshole. Well, and here's why. Go ahead. So, in my favorite way to tell the story, Tarantino style, Ellen's an asshole. Let me tell you how I got there. Yes. Start at the end. So, <laughs> um, recently, Ellen had Dakota Johnson on her show uh, promoting some. Some fucking movie she's in. Movie with like Shia LaBeouf, like the Peanut Butter Falcon. So Dakota Johnson, star of Fifty Shades of Grey, also daughter of Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson. Johnson. So Hollywood... Stepdaughter to Antonio Banderas. True story. But I mean, Hollywood... um, Royalty. Royalty. Thank you. 100%. Her grandmother was an actress. Tippi Hendren. Yeah. So I mean, she's got some solid Hollywood blood in her. True story. And as we find out, that blood is thick and takes no shit. Mm, why should she? So Dakota was on recently to talk about her new movie, and Ellen immediately kind of comes at her and is like, mm-hmm. hey, how was your birthday? Or happy birthday. You and, turned 30. And Dakota was like, oh, it was last month. So it was like about two months ago. And Ellen was like, you didn't invite me to your birthday, and you see Dakota flip. She's like, actually, she, Ellen, that's not true. Her eyes, she's got brown eyes, but they went from brown to black. black. And she put her shoulders back. And she kind of did that thing where she looked to the back of the set like, am I going to fucking do this? I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah, I'm going to fucking do it. And she goes, actually, Ellen, that's not true. You were invited to my birthday party and you didn't come ask anybody here. Ask your producers. Yes. So. And. Whoa. Yeah. So you. like, what's happening? So you find out the reason she's defensive is because the last time she was on the show a year ago, she had a birthday party and Ellen gave her shit for not inviting her. So she made sure to invite her to her birthday party this year. So, of course, when Ellen calls her out, she's like, no, you gave me shit last year. I invited you this year. I didn't even think you liked me. Yeah, I didn't even know you wanted like, to be invited to my Like, why would you want to come to my, my fucking birthday. birthday party? You're Ellen DeGeneres. I'm Dakota Johnson. Like, what and the hell is your problem? when I was on last year and you're giving me shit, you didn't seem to like me very much. Yeah. So it would not have occurred to me to invite yes. you to my birthday. But guess what? I actually did. You did not show up. Neither did you RSVP. So I don't know why I'm getting shit right, right. now. Was the Bully best. her attitude. And so when Ellen looks to her producer, they're like, yeah, you were invited. And she's like, well, why didn't I go? And then they're just kind of like, um. You and it thing? gets a little uncomfortable. She's like, you have that thing. She's like, I had that thing. Like her eyes kind of like, Ellen's eyes get real big. So and then it starts to go like wildfire, this like awkward conversation. Because Ellen then is like, oh, 
Did you see this other event the other day? I heard Chris Martin was there because Dakota Johnson is dating Chris Martin on the DL. And so after this awkward conversation, Ellen tries to out her dating Chris Martin. Like, yeah. again, dick move. Yeah. So this whole thing goes like wildfire and it's like, watch this uncomfortable conversation. Is Dakota Johnson a bitch for how she behaved with Ellen? Which was the, the first beloved, headline. nice Ellen. And then like a week later, one person does a bit of dead gain and goes, Dakota Johnson's birthday was in the beginning of October. Ellen got in some major hot water in the beginning of October. And Amy, what did she do in the beginning of October? Well, we discussed it right here on Happy we Hour did. Rewind. Uh, Ellen went to Dallas to sit in Jerry Jones's private box to watch a Dallas Cowboys football game, sitting next to former President of the United States of America, George W. Bush. Yep. Which she got in hot water for because, you know, the the unnecessary war in Iraq. Um, but she defended herself and talked about friendship and seeing past each other's differences. She put out a beautiful video that, again, we talked about right here on Happy Hour Rewind. And we kind of sided with Ellen on that one. We thought that Ellen had a point about when I say be kind to everyone, I don't just mean the ones that you are agreeing with all the time. Be kind to everyone. You could be friends and have disagreements. Ellen bases her entire persona on being nice. Kind. Kind. Kind is different than nice. Good point. It is. It's incredibly different. And so many people are starting to say on the internet, there's no way Dakota Johnson didn't put two and two together. Mm -hmm. Like you get, you gave me shit last year. I invited you to my birthday. You didn't even RSVP. And then you went to this fucking game. And Dakota Johnson's very democratic Mm -hmm. and liberal. And they were like, when she turned to her and went, oh no, you didn't go. Oh, you had that thing. And gives her attitude like, oh, this is like stealth. What Dakota Johnson is doing. And so I've heard about this all over the place, this conversation. Mm-hmm. If you look up this online, what you then start to notice are all these other YouTube links or articles that are like, hey, look at this other tiff Ellen got in with a celebrity. Look at, look at this time Ellen was a little nasty. And you start realizing you could K-hole your way into Ellen's a monster. So I I will say I have actually watched – I've seen like a BuzzFeed listicle before that included YouTube clips that I've watched about the times and the way that BuzzFeed uh, positioned it was the times that Ellen owned her guests or – I also saw one that was like the most awkward moments on the Ellen show. But when I watched it, I got the social justice warrior sense of Ellen – For instance, she had Caitlyn Jenner on and called her shit out for being a terrible transgender um, uh, poster child. Uh I can't think of a better word right now. Excuse me. Um, And times that she had Kevin Hart on and really held his ass to the wall about those former tweets and gave him an opportunity to do the apology or to say, like, I've apologized enough. I don't need to be fired from the Oscars for this. Um, but that she made it uncomfortable before then, but she, oh, the way that I had seen it before myself was here's Ellen doing some, like calling somebody out and making them uncomfortable. Yes. But in order to make a greater point about our society. Yes. And do you remember after, uh, 
I won't even call him President Trump. I just did. But that fucking Cheeto got into office and there was a story about they watched Finding Dory in the White House. Uh And she went out and did a monologue about, well, I hope you watched Finding Dory for real because that's a story about loving people from other countries and accepting and helping, you know, like refugees. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's not that we haven't seen her go there, but then this other stuff that you're talking about comes up about especially oh there's a lot of stories in Hollywood it sounds yes. like about behind the scenes when Ellen's not on camera who is she yes so i have a handful of girlfriends that live out in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and they all talked about their first couple weeks having such similar situations to one another in their first few weeks in LA then i saw this tweet the other day that i sent to all of them when you move to LA The first two things that happen are you get a parking ticket and someone who once worked for Ellen will tell you a story about how she's a monster. And every single one of my girlfriends got a ticket in their first two weeks of living in LA and met somebody that at one point in time worked for Ellen and said, you can't look at her in the eye. You're not allowed to wear animal print. She's so obsessed with it. Junior staffers may not address her. Ellen is a monster to work for. And that's... Super disheartening. And it's one of those things that I think is known in the industry out there. Mm-hmm. And so when I sent them all that tweet, every single one of them was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is the most accurate thing I've ever read in my entire life. Like, holy crap, you get a parking ticket because yeah. you don't know how to drive and park in LA. And then you're broken because you find out Ellen's mean. My friend Cameron had a roommate that worked at the Ellen Show at one point in time. And like, you really, even if you had a t-shirt that had an animal print on it, you were in trouble. Because she was an animal rights activist. Animal rights activist. But, like, no animal died for this, like, cotton collie blend. Yeah. But, like, zebra stripes are cool. So, you know, you and I actually have broached this subject over our own happy hours here and there over the last few years. (laughs) You know, this Dakota Johnson thing is what really sparked sparked us to talk about it on the show. I am going to make one more devil's advocate point on Ellen's side. And it is Her that best friend is Jennifer Anderson. She doesn't need your help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah. but hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. I heard the same thing about Rosie O'Donnell when she had yeah, a talk show too. Yeah. But, you know, she was the queen of nice, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. though I, I have heard people talk about how she was backstage and that she was a raging bitch. She'd throw you out of the room. If you weren't good enough, she'd fire you. And there is... Something to be said about running a tight ship. Yes. You know, like, especially Ellen. Ellen is, now that Oprah's gone, probably the highest rated woman in daytime. Next to my Judge Judy, of course. course. Though Kelly Clarkson's coming for her. Well, but as far as 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 an afternoon um, network talk show, Ellen's probably at number one. She probably has several daytime Emmys. Yes. So to stay on top, you got to run a tight ship. You do. So... There are some way you can't be, uh, you can't make everyone happy all the time. Nope. But in order to keep your show number one, there may be some things that are unbecoming. I agree that you do, and that's all I'm saying as far as. And there's there's another thing I'm gonna go the Amy Klobuchar route, and you know how when Amy Klobuchar started running for president, and all we could talk about was the time she might have thrown a fork at a staffer, yes, because she's temp- has a temper. It's like with a man if. You know, yeah. Donald Trump grabs pussies yes. and he's still the president. If Amy Klobuchar threw a fork one time, is she not qualified to be the president? Mm-hmm. You know, there's such a huge stigma on women and this 
um, bossy versus boss. Right. Or like if a woman's not nice, then she must also not be competent. Yes. Or that if she's not nice once, then she's a raging bitch all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I do want to be careful of that because I think that's unfair. Oh, I agree. But going back to these long lines of like, I think what she did to go to to Dakota Johnson was straight up nasty. Yes. I'm not sure that makes Ellen a nasty person. No. But that was nasty. And then we saw another clip of her having the... Stranger Things on. Okay, four teenage boys on her show and she was trying to run a game show and they were running amok and she got annoyed. They got the best of her though and that's her fault. That's her show. That's her circus and they were her monkeys and she let them get out Mm -hmm. of control and then she showed it. Yes. So, you know... And like, and to be fair, they weren't... They're four 13-year-old, 14-year-old boys. They were rowdy, but they were not out of control. They're on an award-winning TV show. They know how to get their shit together. They do stuff all the time. But they were being rowdy, She was being rowdy, and she was showing it, and she was a little nasty. Come on, they're fucking kids. Yeah. I don't care that they're rowdy. You're on a TV show. Get your shit together. You've got an audience that's watching. You're saying be kind to everybody. So Zip it in the bud for 60 minutes. Get your shit together. It's 60 minutes. I guess I'm saying I'm undecided. I think that I believe the stories where I've heard her be a bitch. I've seen it on television now Mm -hmm. too. But I also feel her her being genuine when she's talking about kindness. And, you know, I think her political beliefs. I think she really handled that George W. Bush situation well. I think she handled that finding Dory so beautifully when she did that monologue about um I hope Trump in the White House yeah. did watch that and took some lessons I don't know so I'm I'm both sides I don't know where I fall I really don't I think that she wants to preach kindness but can't always manage to do it herself and is having a hard time balancing that line but who can no um Oprah. you know well, okay, maybe because Oprah is a deity that we don't deserve, and you know, and no one talks shit behind about Oprah behind uh, her back. Uh, no, I'm listening to Sherry Salata, her executive producer's book, and how Oprah was a force to be reckoned with. You came to the table with your ideas, and you were strong, yeah. in your convictions, but you could look at Oprah in the eye. You know, but I strive to be kind in my life, and I fall down and lose my temper too. Yeah, you know, like I think we all do for sure, but we're not in the limelight. Yeah. Well, it's, Again, it's, just it's so 60, hard to here's know. Like, it's 60 minutes. Yeah. How can you not fucking get your shit together for 60 minutes when that camera light turns red? Okay. All right. Do you know fair. what I mean? Oh, yeah, and I like, hear you. For me, it's not fun to watch you try to bit with Dakota Johnson and try to get her goat and be cruel and I, out her. Winch, I will say this. That was rude. If Ellen is the host and Dakota is her guest and the rules of hospitality dictate that you don't make someone uncomfortable in your house mm-hmm. um, and that until your guest is being outrageously rude, you are there to make yeah. your guest comfortable. And especially on a celebrity talk show, the whole point of celebrities going on talk shows is to promote their thing and look good. Yeah, it helps you so get So brought out and like embarrassed. Yes. I, I agree with you for sure Knowing here. who her parents are and who her grandmother is mm-hmm. and all this sort of like, Ellen, what are you who, doing? Yeah, who cares? You got who do you think you in are? 50 Shades of Grey. Yeah. Like, yes. All right, I hear that But guys, sure. as the hosts of this show yes. and as our guests, I hope we didn't make you uncomfortable with all of our gossip this week at this <laughs> week's Happy Hour Rewind. Oh, we were shit talking. Felt good though. It, it felt good. good, but we also had some points some solid points we did and we, we did try to come back to kindness always come back to kindness I truly believe kindness is better than being nice yes Ki- nice and kind are different, different things it's nice to be nice 
but it's important to be kind. So be kind to us. Come visit us on our show's socials. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm starting to slur a bit. <laughs> um, leave us five stars. Tell us what you're talking about at Happy Hour this week. And as always, don't forget to be kind. 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 And rewind. Bye, y'all. See you at the bar.